Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. John Acuff is the New York Times bestselling author of eight books, including his most recent, Soundtracks, The Surprising Solution to Overthinking, as well as uh, the books Finish, Do Over, and Start. When he's not writing, John can be found on a stage as one of Inc.'s top 100 leadership speakers. He's spoken to hundreds of thousands of people at conferences, colleges, and companies around the world. For over 20 years, he's also helped some of the biggest brands tell their story, including The Home Depot, Bose, and Staples. John, thanks so much for joining me on Takeaways. Thanks for having me today. I'm looking forward to it. So there I was watching one of your instructional videos on a premier speakers bureau website. And I said, this guy knows what he's talking about. I'm going to try that stuff. I did it and it just, it changed the game for me. So thank you. I love starting that way. That is fantastic. Let's (laughs) lean right into a story. John, we're going to talk a lot about goal setting today. I can't wait because I've got lists and lists of goals and to-do lists of things that I've still not accomplished. But before we get into the how-tos, how did you get into this career of of writing? What what, what was your goal career-wise? Well, I was in corporate marketing for about 15 years with some of those companies you named in my intro, and I started to write a blog. I started a blog about the funny things that happen inside church. I'm a pastor's kid, so I had lots of material, and so I started this (laughs) blog called Stuff Christians Like about the funny things we do, things like wishing you had a shirt that said, I direct deposit my tithe that you could wear on Sunday so people wouldn't judge you for not giving. Because they don't know that I give online. I, I don't, if I had a shirt that said, I'm still down with the king, I just direct deposit, people wouldn't judge me when I hot potato the offering basket. So I wrote this blog about the silly things we do inside of faith. And then all of a sudden it took off and I got to turn that into a book. And then I got to start helping companies with their stories. And then it just kind of grew from there. And so that's how I fell in love with the idea of sharing ideas with other people that can change their life. And, and based on your bio, it looks like you, you've probably accomplished all of your goals and more. Is that true? Is that a fair statement? Are you no, the master I, I goal feel like I'm just, accomplisher? No, I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started. What I like to do, Kurt, is I find a problem I have, I try to fix it, and then I see if other people have it. So I started this book, Finish, because I'm a chronic starter and wanted to turn into a consistent finisher. So then I asked people all around the world, do you ever have trouble starting and finishing goals? Like, And when you study it, 92% of all New Year's resolutions fail. 92%. You have a greater shot at getting into Juilliard to become a professional ballerina, which is an 8.6% acceptance rate, tiny dancer, than you do at finishing a goal. So I knew, wait a second, (laughs) I've got something in my own life I want to work on and the rest of the world needs a solution. What if I spend a few years researching that with a PhD named Mike Peasley so that we can come up with some simple things people can do to finish the goals they care about the most? Man, you're describing my life. I've I've got these long to-do lists and and every time I keep checking stuff off, the list gets long longer and longer. Eventually, I just want to tear the whole list up and throw it in, throw it in the fireplace. I've got books that I want to read, and so now I'm, I'm, I'm reading them, but then I fall asleep because reading is a great sleep aid. And then I try to listen to them on tape while I'm jogging, and that's, that's better, but it's still hard to finish all the books that I want to read. Um, I've got a couple of your books right here that I would love to read, but unless you show me how I can f- accomplish my goal, I'm never going to get through them. 
Well, I'm going to give you something that's going to set you up for freedom right now. I'm going to give you a really simple sentence. Here's all you need to know. My imagination is bigger than my calendar. The reason your to-do list is bigger than your calendar is the calendar is flat. We haven't had a new day or a new hour in 700 years. Your imagination, Kirk, what's possible is infinite. And then you combine it with your spouse's imagination and your kid's imagination and the producers at TBN's imagination and speaking events around the world. And all of a sudden you have this really massive to-do list. So set yourself up for some freedom. Don't feel shame that your list is too long and you never get it done. Say to yourself, that's a soundtrack. My imagination is bigger than my calendar. My imagination is bigger than my calendar. That's why that's happening. And once you can admit that, you can remove the guilt, the shame, the fear of not getting it all done and go, okay, now what can I get done? Knowing yeah. that I have this massive imagination, what can I actually do to get things done? And then you're going to help us, hopefully a little bit here today, to learn the method to get some of those things done, how to know what's worth keeping on the list and what we need to get rid of or put on a different list for later. Um, John, you, you, let, let's go back a little bit. You started a podcast called All It Takes Is A Goal, right? Mm -hmm. why, yep. why did you start the podcast? What are you hoping to accomplish with that? Well, I wanted to have other people's stories. My story is really small. I'm one guy in one office. I wanted to be able to interview a single mom named Colleen Berry, who was a receptionist at a, at a company and worked her way into being the CEO. That's a really interesting story that it's not my story. And there's going to be another single mom that can go, wow, there's opportunities with goals for me to change my life. That's interesting. I wanted to interview Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner. I'm talking football, not finances, to say, how did you lead the SEC through COVID? The whole world was watching this to see if there's going to be games. How did you do that? I wanted to have a big conversation because I'm not the only goal nerd that I know. I know a lot of other goal nerds who love goals because a goal is the fastest path between where you are today and where you want to be tomorrow. So I saw a lot of people saying, hey, we want a bigger conversation. That's why I started All It Takes is a Goal. So let's talk about different types of goals. There's good goals and bad goals. What makes a worthy goal? Well, uh, you know it's a worthy goal when you're willing to put time against it. Your calendar tells the truth. A goal without a calendar is just a wish, and it's hard to accomplish wishes. So if somebody said to me, John, I want to be a writer. People say that to you too. You've written books. People come up and say, oh, I want to write a book. And I go, okay, well, do you write before work? Do you write after work? Do you write on your lunch break? Do you write on your weekends? Do you, do you stop watching Netflix to get a little writing done? And if you answer no to all those things, you might not really want to be a writer. So if you, if you realize that, I'd go, can we rescue half an hour? Can we rescue an hour of your time where you could apply to that so you know it's a worthy goal when you're willing to sacrifice other things for it? I didn't start getting up at 5 a.m. to write my blog, Kirk, because I'm disciplined. Discipline, willpower, grit, they did nothing for me. I just had a blog that I loved more than sleep. I had a blog that I loved mm. more than watching TV. I had a blog more than I loved scrolling Instagram. And all of a sudden, when I had a desire that was big enough, I was willing to change. Nobody changes just because. Nobody wakes up one day and goes, I'm just going to be more disciplined today just because. No, they find a desire that's so big, you're willing to pay the price for it. That's when you start to see a worthy goal. Man, you, you are describing that's exactly right. The things that I know I get done and people say, well, how do you do all these things? Well, well, the things that I actually accomplish are usually the things I just love doing anyway. It's yep. not because someone's paying me more money to do it. It's not because I'm so disciplined. It's because I'm actually passionate about this topic. I would do it if, if I wasn't getting paid for it. In fact, I do do these yep. things and not get paid for it. Here's what you need to know, Kirk. Joy is a wonderful alarm clock. 
Joy is a wonderful long plug. I got up at 4 a.m. the other day to go to a speaking event because I couldn't wait for those 45 minutes where I got to be on stage. I do my entire year to be on stage 50 times. I work really, really hard because those moments matter. So joy is a wonderful alarm clock. The trick to figuring out your career, your goal, whatever you want to call it is, find something you love doing so much you do it for free and then add the second step. Get so good at it, people pay you a lot of money for it. That's how you get to keep doing it. There's two steps. It's not just the first step. Mm. There's a lot of artists that would love to paint, but don't ever figure out how to get good enough to make it into a career. There's two steps. And once you find that joy, you're going to start to throw time against it, like throwing wood into a fire. And it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. That's what's fun about goals. They develop their own momentum. The problem, Kirk, is people think a goal has to be miserable to count. So you meet people this time of year and they'll go, yeah, I'm going to try to get in shape. I'll go, what are you going to do on the I'm going to run. I'll go, do you like running? They go, no, I hate it. I hate running. That's why I know it's good for me. And you're never going to run. But they don't think that walking with a friend counts or ballroom dancing counts or Zumba counts. And so you have to give yourself the permission to follow something you enjoy as you build a goal. How do we know when to have those shoot for the stars kind of goals and when to go for the small, just do the, the next thing right in front of me, tiny things? Imagine a line and one end of it says overwhelming and one says boring. You want to land in the middle, inspiring. Some people go, John, I'm going to, I'm going to run the Ironman. And I'll go, you've never run before. Could you, could you do a, a, you know, a half marathon, a 10K, a 5K, even just a K. But they have this overwhelming goal because they think they have to go for it. Other people do it so small, they're bored. So you're looking for a goal that stretches you a little bit and it's inspiring, but not so big that it's overwhelming. So don't say, I want to lose 10 pounds. Say, I want to lose the first three. And I'm going to do that consistently and then let it grow versus going, I need some big, hairy audition goal. If you haven't written on a book for five years, don't say, I'm going to write a whole chapter this weekend. No, no, no. Write a page. That's how you start small. Write a page. It's intimidating to write a chapter. Don't try to write a chapter. Write a page. And then you write your second page and your third page. Mm. So you don't run a marathon. You run half a mile. And you do that consistently until you've proved to yourself, you know what? I think I can do a whole mile. Let's go. You build it like building step by step by step. I think you've just explained why I get so stressed with a goal that is, I want to change the world. Of course, of <laughs> it's, course. It's just too big of a goal. That, that, that's a You God should goal. feel stressed. You should feel stressed about that. That's bigger than Kirk. Like, so again, we as a culture say, if your goal doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. Because it's fun to say that. Like, people say terrible stuff online. Like, sometimes you got to jump off the cliff and grow wings on the way down. That's never how gravity works. And then we add God. I had a friend say to me, sometimes we're in a plane with God and we skydive out the back. And he looked back and goes, I was going to land this plane in like a month. Who told you to skydive? And we're jumping out the back like, I'm doing it for God. And God is like, I never told told you to do that. So if somebody said to me, John, I want to start a coffee shop. You know what I'd say to him, Kirk? I'd say, have you ever worked at a coffee shop? Could you work at another one and get paid while you learn? Do you like people? And so that's what we have to learn as goal getters. One of the questions that goes through my mind when I'm setting goals is, does God really want me to do this or is this just me? Is this just something that I want? Because I want to be in the center of God's will and maybe this stuff over here on this list doesn't, I don't even need to worry about that stuff. How does the will of God figure into my goal setting? Well, it's, it's everything. I mean, you look at Proverbs, like he's desperate to give you wisdom. So I start from a place of going, 
okay, God, you're more creative than me. You're better at goals than me. You made the octopus. Like you're, you're great. Like, <laughs> can we sit down together and talk through this? And will you reveal that? Kirk, one of my prayers with God is I'll say, will you please make this stupid obvious? Like stupid obvious. And then I think he delights in that. He's the father that doesn't give you a rock or doesn't give you a serpent. He's so kind. So for me with goals, I'll go, here's things that I think are the desire of my heart. But guess what? You made my heart. You know better than me. So I rarely worry about God telling me like, whoa, John, you're too excited. There's too much desire. Kirk, the best part of our faith, we have the only God who doesn't say, kill your desires. We have the only God who doesn't say, you have to detach yourself from feeling and emotion. No, he goes, I put those desires in you. Come swim in the deep end. Let's go. That's how I see where God comes in. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. John, we've been talking about goal setting. Um, what are some of the biggest obstacles to accomplishing your goals? Well, one of the biggest obstacles that we don't talk about enough is mindset. So Kirk, the way it works is great thoughts turn into great actions, great actions turn into great results. All too often we overfocus on the results we want and never change the underlying thoughts that are shaping everything. So I wrote a book and studied this and it's called Soundtracks about what are the soundtracks you're listening to. And most people think thoughts come from outside them, they're on their own. We say things like she got carried away by her thoughts, he got lost in his thoughts. But really great people understand that thoughts come by one of two ways, choice or chance. You choose them, you take every thought captive, you focus, you set your mind on what's true and noble okay, and beautiful, okay. or you chance them. So a big part of goal setting is actually making sure that you have the kind of thoughts that are going to set you up for success. What about a lack of motivation to accomplish your goals? What happens when we're just like, you know what? I got these goals, I hear what you're saying, but I just don't feel like it. People want motivation to be a true north. They go, I gotta find my one why or my one source of motivation. No, 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 that's not how it works. You need what I call a motivation portfolio. You need 20 things that motivate you because some days, 10 of them won't move the needle. So you need to go, okay, this song inspires me, this friend inspires me, this Bible verse inspires me, being outside with my kids inspires me. I want you to have a long list of motivation so when it's a Tuesday and you're grumpy and it's rainy and you don't wanna change, you go, let me go through my portfolio. Which one of these things is going to get me out of bed? Which one of these things is going to encourage me? Versus going, I'll wait until I feel motivated enough to do something. I'd much rather you collect motivation, which is self-awareness. We talked about that in segment one. That's a callback. And I want you to have an active list of things that motivate you. You, you just made me think of the motivation that actually gets me up out of bed at five o'clock in the morning before I go to the gym uh, to read my Bible and it is the desire that I have to want to hear from God. I, I want a better, closer, more aware relationship, and I want to hear the voice of God. And I think, God, I'm not getting up just to read the Bible. I'm getting up to meet with you, and I'm hoping that you will speak to me more clearly through your word. I, I want this relationship to be solid. Yeah, and, and you've built a foundation on that, and that's an amazing thing. And so that's what you have to do is you have to go, okay, 
where's the desire in this? We're not very good at expressing desire. Um, we sometimes get what I'd say divorced from our desires. And again, God built us with amazing desires. And he talks about that through his word over and over and over again. So setting your mind on that for the rest of your day is a really powerful thing. What about when we hit some kind of an unavoidable speed bump? We got a health issue, we got a financial issue, just like this was not on the calendar, but I have to do this. How do we recover and get back on track? Well, it's interesting. Perfectionists really have a hard time with this. And, and here's the thing. Perfectionism is a poison that pretends to be a vitamin. You hear people in culture go, I can't, what can I tell you? I'm a perfectionist. I'm a perfectionist. It's <laughs> not helping you. It's not helping you. It's the sneakiest form of fear. It's fear in a tuxedo. It looks like a character trait. It's actually fear. So for a perfectionist, you have to admit, okay, I've had a mistake. Something didn't go the way I wanted to. I'm not going to stop everything. A perfectionist will miss one day at the gym and then never go again or they'll miss one day writing or reading their Bible. I'm gonna read the Bible in a year. And then they hit Leviticus and skin rashes and they go, ugh, and then they never pick it up the next 10 months. And so a perfectionist has to give themselves permission to start again. That's what resilience is. Resilience is just permission to start again when it hasn't gone the way you want it to. We think resilience is you have to be a Navy SEAL. No, 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 it's permission to start again when it hasn't gone the way you wanted it to. What about the person that's saying, you know, all this sounds nice. This is all fine and dandy, but uh, I'm, bro, I got a full-time job. I've got three kids. I've got a schedule that, you know, is just, it's unbelievable. My plate overflows. I don't have time for goals and accomplishments. Yep. Sure. I, I work with a lot of single moms that are superstars that say that same thing. So just remember there's seasons of your life when it's easier than others. I have two teenage daughters. It's easier now. Never tell the parent of a toddler that childhood goes by quickly. Toddler days are 900 hours long. Like childhood doesn't go by quickly. Hey. Toddler days are slow. It speeds up when they're teenagers. I have more time in my life to pursue goals than I did when I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old. So you might be in a busy season right now. That's not, that's not a bad thing. But I know that there's moms that have been in my books who have gotten degrees in the car rider pickup line. So they finish their college degree waiting for their kid 20 minutes at a, time, at a time. So what I'd say to somebody who says they're really busy is I'd say, I bet if you and I looked at your calendar, we could go rescue sometime. I love that phrase. I mean, you want to do a takeaway? Are there 20 minutes you could rescue this week? And I, I know where they're hidden. Go check your screen time on your iPhone. One week I looked up, Kirk, I had spent 13 hours on Instagram. That's more than a full day's work on Instagram. I don't work for that company. And so I went, said, okay, well, there's some time. So I always encourage people, can we find time for you? When I had two kids that were young, I had a Bible study I was in, I had a full-time job. When I was trying to become a public speaker, I would practice speakers in my Atlanta commute. I would tell my steering wheel that, that day's speech. Every, I would practice my speeches as I drove. I could have listened to music. I could have just zoned out. Instead, I said, oh, hold up. I just found a 45-minute window of time I'm not using, sometimes an hour and a half because Atlanta is terrible. I'm going to practice my speeches. So I ask people to get creative with their time, get creative with your calendar. Let's go rescue some time together. What about uh, those of us who overthink and we get into this analysis paralysis and we get overwhelmed with, the, with oh my goodness, this is going to take this amount of time, this amount of money, the details, the planning just, just no. puts me into paralysis. What would you say to someone yeah. who's struggling there? So here's, here's what you do. There's three things you do. You retire your broken soundtracks. You get rid of the broken ones. You replace them with new ones. Your brain wants to think. 
You're designed to think. Your brain is waiting to be told what to think. We can't retire the, the bad without replacing it with some good. And the third thing is you do, you repeat those so often they become as automatic as the old ones. Now let's get even more specific and practical. I want you to identify if you have a broken soundtrack, and here's how you do it. All you do, you write down a goal. Write down any goal. I want to start a podcast. I want to lose five pounds. I want to date my spouse. Write down any goal, and then listen to your first thoughts that come after, because every reaction is an education. Your reaction to that goal is educating you. Are your first thoughts, you could do that. You're well-equipped to do that. That could work this time. Or are they negative? They say, who are you to do that? Why do you think you can do that? You failed 10 times before, you'll fail again. And if they're negative, you just ask three Trojan horse questions. Simple questions, but they're Trojan horse because if you sit with them, there's real truth inside. First question, is it true? Is the thing I'm telling myself about myself true? Is the thing I'm telling myself about my marriage true? Is the thing I'm telling myself about the economy true? Second question, is it helpful? Is the thing I'm telling myself helpful? When I repeat it again and again and again, does it push me forward or pull me back? Third question, is it kind? If I said this to a friend, would they still want to be my friend? If I talked this way to a friend, would they still mm. want to be my friend? My, my youngest daughter got a 42 on a biology test. And the next month when she had another one, she was telling herself again and again and again, you could fail again, you could fail again, you could fail again. That's true. She did fail the first time. But is that helpful to say the night before the next test? It's not. And third question, if a friend texted her 100 times the night before the test and said, don't forget, McCray, you failed, you failed, you failed, would that be a good friend or a monster? And so if you can't say yes to those three questions, is it true? Is it uh, helpful? Is it kind? It's probably a broken soundtrack that you need to retire. You use the phrase in your book, Finish, um, the future belongs to finishers. The future belongs to finishers. Why is that true? Well, I half wrote a lot of books for 34 years of my life. I've written eight in the last 12 years. I finished those books. You don't get to put a half-finished book on a bookshelf. You don't get to open a half-finished business. And so if you really want to have something out in the world, if you want to help people, nonprofits have to be launched. They have to be finished. Speeches have to be given. So it's fun to have a bunch of what if. There's a dreaming stage to everything there is. But if you really want to change the world, you have to finish. You have to put that book on a shelf. You have to put that podcast on iTunes. You have to get across the finish line if you want to change your life and other people's lives. I'm, I'm thinking of, of, of a goal that millions and millions of people have. And if you could, if you could answer this question, you'd put an entire like dieting industry uh, uh, out of business. Uh, and the goal is, I want to get in shape. I want to be healthy. I want to lose weight. And some people uh, have just gone their entire lives and say, you know what? I'm tired of trying. I, I've failed at this goal so many times. It's not worth it for me. I want to be happy. Uh, what do you do for those who say, I, I've tried, but it's a lot of effort for nothing? So here's the fastest way to figure that out. I want you to find another goal in your life that worked. Everyone regardless of the person, has had something in their life that worked. The problem is, Kirk, we never take those good things and bring them to the other parts of our life. So I'll give you an example. I meet people all the time that go, I want to lose weight. I tried everything. And I'll go, well, tell me about a goal that worked. And they'll go, yeah, I got out of debt a few years ago. My wife and I got serious about that. And I'll go, okay, well, what helped you do that? And they'll go, I was in a small group. I had an envelope system. I had somebody that was training me around spending. And I'll go, well, then let's bring all those things into your health goal. So if somebody said to me, John, I really want to get in shape, I'd go, I want you to tell me about something that worked in your life. And they're never expecting that question because they're usually in a pretty stuck space. But that'll make them go, yeah, you know what? I did need community to do this other goal, and I'm trying to lose the weight alone. I need to go get some accountability. I need to go get some community. Or I, you know, I paid off my debt because I had a wall chart, and every morning I saw it, and I wanted to get up to the top of that thermometer paying off the debt. 
but I don't have anything that's visual around my health goal. Oh, I need a visual. So a lot of times mm. it's finding your strengths and then bringing them forward to that goal where you're stuck. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.